It's time for the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. On this edition of the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast, we have NFL news and notes for you from around the league. XFL action the past two weeks, some spring training baseball talk, the Daytona 500, and so much more. We hope you enjoy this episode. Stay tuned. I'm glad you connected. This is Dave Johnson, voice of the Washington Wizards. You have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man, Josh Kirby, on Sports Podcast. All righty. We are back. It's been a long week. Sort of feels like a year in my opinion, but um, we have a very exciting episode for you today. We are recording in Blacksburg, Virginia. You know what that means. Dan Dembski, he is hosting us. What's up, Josh? How you doing, man? Not in the studio. We are in Dan's studio. We are in Dan's domain. This is my domain. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah. It's very nice. We wanted to do this, and since Dan's too busy with school, he can't always call in, so we're bringing the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast to Braxburg. Yes, sir. On the road. Before we begin, we're part of the Mayo Please Podcast Network. Uh, You can find Quentin and his team on Spotify, along with Twitter, on all streaming platforms. Um, We're also sponsored by PM Plus Reserves and Route 11 Ships. Make sure you find a bag today inside your local Martin's Food Lion and Giant stores. As always, want to thank MPT Now Productions, Dave Johnson, and JR Beats Official. Dan, it's been a long week off since the Super Bowl. Um, It's been a long week in general. Have you been... Really depressed that the NFL is over, or is the XFL sort of tiding that for you? It's sort of filling the void, but it's it's not doing everything that the NFL does. The NFL, when the season is in full swing, there's nothing better in my in my opinion. There's there's no better time than the NFL season. So it's great that the XFL is here, and it's great that we have football. And like I told you earlier, like football on TV is good football. I don't care oh, yeah. what it is. I don't care if it's the AFL. AFL. Arena, it, like if it's the arena football, which is now folded. Yeah, that piece. that's terrible. But at least Sad. the Washington Valor won a championship. Yeah, because everyone makes the – they were the worst team. Okay, I'm not going to argue because the Baltimore <laughs> team was in there too. I think we played you guys in the championship. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. But yeah, – yeah, well, I miss I miss the NFL season. But, yeah, I but did I'm, too. But, but I'm glad the XFL is here. I know, I know we're going to touch yeah, on that. Yeah, the, the XFL is really filling voids. But before we get into some XFL talk, um, we want to break down some NFL moves that have happened over the course of the past two weeks. Um, Dan, so the first one I want to get into, um, most of everybody suspected this coming um, was Philip Rivers. Um and the Chargers mutually agreed to part ways. Um, Philip Rivers spent his entire career with the Los Angeles and San Diego Chargers, and now um, it's just getting to the point where the Chargers are looking, in my opinion, for young new talent that mm-hmm. can stay a while. And Philip Rivers, you know, he's on the tail end of his career. But, Dan, m- my question for you um, what is Philip Rivers in his future like? Do you think this is it, or do you think he'll find another team? Um, what What's the situation in your mind? I think a team out there will give him another chance. What team? I have no idea. There's so many teams out there who could use a quarterback right now. So I think he will get a chance, but I think at most we're talking a three-year contract. 
but I, I, I would say a two-year a two-year deal, and I, I think after a year he makes his decision whether he's going to stay or not, depending on his performance, you know, his health. I think his health is a big thing, and he's he's had a, he's battled a lot of injuries over the years, of course. So I think that's a big thing, but I don't think it's the end. I, I think he still wants to play. He likes to have children, so I mean, maybe when he retires, he can continue to do that. Um, he does have like nine kids. He has nine kids. Really? Mm-hmm. I had no clue. Yeah. So there's yeah. there's a fun fact. But a remarkable career in yes. San Diego and Los Angeles for Philip Rivers. But he hasn't won anything, and I think that's that's the biggest yeah. knock on him is when they when they get in the postseason, and even like ten. 10 to 12 years ago when you think of how great those Chargers teams were they they should literally they should legitimately have a Super Bowl ring especially from back then so um that's the biggest knock on Philip Rivers I think it's I think it's honest honestly good criticism um but and I don't think he's going to win a Super Bowl with whoever he signs with but um he's definitely had a great career he's he's meant a lot to the Chargers organization he helped turn them around and um you know, I, I think I think he'll land somewhere. I, I don't know. I just don't know what his performance level is because this past season it was terrible. He was just awful. But the year before, he was he was he was pretty good a year before. So he had quite the drop off in, in just that one off season. So we'll see you, Josh. I really don't know. I but but I really don't think he's done. I I I don't I don't think he'll retire now. I think he's got another year or two left. Still. Yeah, but a remarkable career in uh one of my memories with Philip Rivers, the duo between Philip Rivers and Ladanian Tomlinson um um as running back. That was really in my opinion the Chargers prime where I yep. really thought they were going to do some big but yeah you, you know he hasn't won anything but still Philip Rivers is one of those elite quarterbacks but you, you know he just can't get over the hump that oh I'm trying to win a Super Bowl but he just can't get over the hump and you see that a lot nowadays like Dan Marino for example great quarterback but Ha- has never won a Super Bowl. He did Bowl. everything but win a Super Bowl. He pretty much accomplished everything else. Yeah, well, I mean, so. I, I mean, which is fine. I, I mean, wouldn't put I wouldn't put Rivers in the same class as Marino. Though. No, yeah, I understand, but I mm. mean, it, it's sort of similar to Dan Marino. Yeah, similar similar ca- career path. So. Y- yeah, but it's just all, all I'm saying is, if you're looking at Philip Rivers and you're looking at the Hall of Fame. I feel like winning a Super Bowl shouldn't be a criteria for being in the Hall of Fame if you are a great player in the NFL, if if, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, it's, it's tough. It is tough for me to say whether or not he should be in the, uh, in the Hall of Fame or not. He doesn't have any All-Pro honors. Um, he does. He, he has had more Pro Bowl um, appearances over time in um, in in the league than Dan Marino had, but uh, you know I don't really think the Pro Bowl really matters as far as Hall of Fame voters are concerned. Um, I I just don't know. I I'm not sure if he's a Hall of Famer or not, Josh. I I think that's I think that's yet to be found out. I think we'll see how these last couple years go. Um, to me, the Hall of Fame has just become so expanded. And it seems like more players are getting in that, that, you know, 10 or 15 years ago would have never gotten in based on their numbers and their statistics. So I think you could argue someone like him in today's day and age is probably a Hall of Famer. But I, I just don't know. I don't know if it's there. I really don't. Yeah, a- absolutely. So um, do we have any predictions on some teams who might want to be looking for Phillip Rivers to sign him for next season? Oh, uh, man. There are a lot out there. Yeah, I could, I, I could possibly see the Jets. You know, the Jets are sort of struggling. I think, I think they're going to stick with the young guy. I think the Jets are going to stick with. The, no, no, n- not for that reason. I like a mentor sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, a mentor. You know, I, I feel like the he's not, he's not going to want to do that though. Yeah, no, I understand. You know? I most players don't want to do that, but still, I, I, I feel like it would be great if some washed-up quarterbacks who back in their prime were good would actually sign with the team and, like, mentor the young quarterback. So 
the younger generation can get better and better and better. But there are a lot of teams that could use a veteran like Philip Rivers as a mentor. I've seen I've one of the one of the most common ones I've seen has been the Colts. Um, You know, I could see that. Yeah, that's possible. But yeah, but I just can't see a starting position anywhere. Do you? I mean, wherever wherever he goes, he's going to start. He's going to he's going to demand that. And you and and you and I both know that. I mean, he's he's a competitive, fiery kind of guy. He's not going to want to sit on the bench. So he's going to say, look, I'm I'm your starting quarterback. And that's that's the bottom line. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they told him, "Look, you're you're gonna mentor so and so," then he's gonna be like, "Okay, then I'm gonna I'm just gonna hold out," and then he then he won't play. So, I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. Um, yeah, I I could see that happening somehow, just in the back of my mind. This like, is such a strange year for quarterbacks because there's so many quarterbacks out there that could be moving teams. Oh yeah, you got Cam Newton, Tom Brady, of course. Um, Tom Brady's gonna stay. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think this whole thing's been a sham for him to just build up. Um, oh, hey, let me have the teams to, come to me. Yeah, just to, um, <laughs> just to go right back to the Patriots again. So and then, and then you have uh, Derek Carr, which I already said, and, and Jameis Winston too. So yeah, it's, it's just it's strange quarterback controversy. That's all for another episode, though. But um, yeah. sorry. That that's Philip Rivers. We'll keep you updated on um, if he moves to a different team or whatnot. Um, follow us on Twitter at Kirby on Sports. You can get um, sports updates occasionally uh, from one of our live tweeters. Uh, so moving right along, Greg Olson. Um, left the Carolina Panthers, just signed a deal with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I like the move, but I'm not really sure how much longer Greg Olson has. Um, Seattle, you, you know, great candidate, great team, but how long is Greg Olson going to last there? He ha- he has been getting pretty old and... <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Greg. Uh, but... Anyways, I feel like he should have just. Uh, I feel like he was milling the possibility of broadcasting or being an he analyst. He was. He was because they. I think it was CBS. Was it CBS that approached him? One of the one Fox. Of the, Fox. Maybe. He was doing XFL coverage week one. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's very. That's definitely a future a future career for him. I think he'd be great at that, but. I think he is at the end, Josh. Um, he just hasn't been very effective the last few years. Um, and tight ends, I mean, the, the two big tight ends now in the NFL, of course, are Kelsey and, and Kittle. And the position, as every as every position does, it just gets it's just gotten a lot younger. Yeah, absolutely. And guys like Greg Olson, who is now 34, are just are on the waning years. Um, let me get his stats up here real quick, sorry. Um <clears throat> Yeah, Greg Olson, but what a remarkable career he's had, mm-hmm. you know, because... He's got 59 career touchdowns. 59 career that. touchdowns, 8,444 yards. So, I mean, he's he's got unbelievable numbers. Three-time Pro Bowler, of course. Um, he had two touchdowns last year, 597 yards. But the Panthers weren't very good offensively throwing the football, though, so I think that's another thing, too, to keep in mind, yeah. was the fact that Cam Newton was injured... And Kyle Allen is trash. So I mean, you you, you got to take it to that. So where you know, whatever happens to him, you know, um, we'll see. We'll we'll see how he if he can re- revitalize the last couple years of his career. Yeah, but um, I I was watching this move very closely due to the fact that there was a push to probably have Greg Olson sign with the Redskins due to the fact that Ron Rivera is the new head coach of the Redskins. But that did not happen. But Mm -hmm. that would have been interesting to see Greg Olson in a Redskins uniform. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, um, this, this seems similar to what happened to Jimmy Graham when he signed with the Seahawks. Oh, absolutely. The Seahawks just... 
have not been able to u- utilize the tight end very well. And I think it has to just do with their style of offense. They've, they've, they really like those short, speedy wide receivers, guys yeah. like Lockett and all the other players they've had over the years. I can't keep up anymore. Um, <laughs> I'm still in 2014. <laughs> but, um, you know, they, um, they don't really utilize the tight end very much, so I don't, I don't really know how he would fit in that offense. I guess we'll see. And maybe they'll, maybe they'll think of another way to use him, but... I'm just I'm just skeptical that it's going to work as well as people think it might. Absolutely. So I'm um, moving on from Greg Olson. I want to get into some news. Um, I'm not sure if this is going to happen or not, but the NFL new CBA, the collective bargaining agreement to expand the playoffs, um, adding just one buy for the NFC and one buy for the AFC. Um, if they do approve this new format um, for last year, the Rams and the Steelers would have gotten in the playoffs. Um, uh, I, I know we talked earlier and you were like, this is never going to happen. And in my opinion, the CBA, I, I, I don't really think it's necessary because w- what is there to fix with the NFL playoffs, you know? I feel like the NFL playoffs are good where they're at, but it, I mean, it's all speculation from what I'm seeing so far, but it is a new proposed C, a CBA yeah. that might be happening. Well, this, this has, this ties in a lot of different things. You're not just talking about the, the playoffs. First of all, the players get uh, ex, extra money incentive for this extra playoff game that would happen. Um, Apparently, it's like $6 billion total dollars, and then it's divided among the players who are participating in the playoffs or whatever. I don't know if it was $6 billion. I can't remember the exact number, but it was a huge number yeah. of, of extra revenue that they would get that they would be able to split for that one game. So, I mean, for them, that, that makes it worth it, right? It's, it's just one extra game. Um, also, there's um, here's some other things that the council will discuss. The elimination of any game suspensions strictly for positive marijuana tests. Um, reduction in the number of players subject, subjected to testing for marijuana, um, gambling definitions that ensure players receive a portion of gambling revenue brought in by the league, um, and then also alterations to training camp, including the introduction to a five-day acclimation period, a limit of 16 days in pads, and a limit of four joint practices and three preseason game scenarios. So yeah, three preseason. You're, you're trimming games. down at the beginning to get more at the end is what it seems like to to extend the NFL season by, I believe one game that is 16 to 17 and expand. Yep. And expanding the playoff and adding two total teams, one from each conference, I believe is what is what do you uh, like the move? If it happens, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm 50, 50 on it. I really haven't decided yet. I think this is one of those stories that's still developing. We haven't seen the full, um, we haven't seen the full scope of it yet, so I I don't really have a full opinion on it. But th- this is like a ten years t- ten year uh, bargaining agreement, so I, I think that's pretty good. Um, so we'll see. I mean, we'll see what you know. I, originally, I said the players wouldn't go for it, but now, I mean, with all the incentives and, and all that stuff added into it, I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Um, of course, this was two days ago when we spoke, so. <laughs> You know, um, this just reminds me CBA and the collective bargaining agreements. Um, remember when the NFL was on strike? Yeah, we like, remember the re- the replacement refs? Oh yeah, no, no. Or but was before with the that, NFL? the NFL players went on strike. Talking we, about the ninety or the the one season, like way back? You talking about way no, back? No, 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 no. They went on strike before the beginning of the season and we were thinking, oh, is there going to be a season or not this year? I, I forget which year that was. I think it was like 2010, if I'm correct. But it that just popped up in my mind. 2011. About, it was March to July. Yeah. Yeah. They, good, good good job remembering that. I did not I did not remember that. I, I, I was just thinking to myself, what am I going to do without football this entire year? You yeah. know? Yeah, that was Because tough. if they strike, if they hold out, there's no football. Same with the replacement refs, but the replacement refs were just, they were terrible. They would The Seahawks-Packers game. They wouldn't go on strike, I, I don't think, if this thing doesn't go through. I think um, I think the current CBA runs through 2021. 
No. So it gives them time to work out any kinks. But yeah, they they try not to wait to the last second to do all this stuff. They try to get it out of the way so they can just worry about just playing football, which yeah. is, which works for me. I like that part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I like I said. I said two days ago, and this is before there's been a lot of information that has come out, that I was like, the players will never go for this because nobody wants to put their bodies through that other game, through an extra game, but for all the extra incentives and the and the and and really the redu- the reduction of a lot of I think outrageous penalties that the NFL gives players, seem it, it seems like the players would go for that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, more NFL new moves for you, excuse me, um, the Redskins... They have released three underperforming players in Josh Norman, <laughs> Paul Richardson, and Paul Jordan Richardson. Reed. Three players. Jordan Reed, he's just been concussion after concussion just after hurt. concussion. Yeah. He literally just um, left concussion protocol. How long has it been? So, uh, I, thought, how, I thought he was still in concussion protocol, they said, after they released the him. The Redskins could not release him until he exited no. concussion protocol. That was that was more than a year. That that wasn't a preseason game, wasn't it? I believe so. It was in a preseason game this past year. Yeah. I, I mean this ju- this just comes back to mental health in the NFL. Getting too many hits to the head, too many concussions. What's going to happen? You know. I I think Jordan Reed just needs to hang it up. He had a great career with the Redskins. Do not get me wrong, but he just can't stay healthy. And it, it just comes down to a point of your you ha- well-being. You have to take care of your. Yep. Yeah, you have to take Precisely. care. You have to take care of your chicken, <laughs> Marshawn Lynch. You got to take. That's care. right. I was trying to think of who said that, and I was like, you, you don't Lynch. remember Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> oh my gosh! But uh, anyways, I mean, you just got to take care of yourself, and I feel like Jordan Reed should just retire. Paul Richard. Paul Richardson after. Um, his day um career with the Seahawks. He um, was never very good. He was yeah, never good with the. Rest he was. Of he yeah. never lived up to the potential in Washington. And and Josh Norman, they should have let him go two years we ago. Know Paid him just, so much money for, for one nothing. for one good season in Carolina, where he was, where he was a zone corner, and they expected him to play man to man, and that's just what that just wasn't what he played. Well, unfortunately, um, Josh Norman will not be um with Ron Rivera for the 2020 campaign for the Washington Redskins. That's right. That's about all the NFL talk we have, unless you have anything else to add, Dan. I don't. All right. Moving on to the extreme football league. There's more football. Yes, indeed, more football. Um, Two weeks have gone by. The third week begins this weekend. Um. I don't really want to talk about each individual game because I that I, would take I, way too long. Yeah, I haven't ta- I haven't seen enough. You haven't seen enough, but we all watched a decent amount of games. I want to get your thoughts on what you've seen, the differences between the NFL and the XFL, and what do you like better? And okay, I I mean for me. The kickoffs are very... I like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it reduces the risk of injury. You, you just have one player... There's more strategy involved oh, yeah. with kickoffs now. Yeah, it looks a lot harder. You cannot just get a kickoff return for a touchdown right away. You have to work for it. And the one, two, and three point conversions or whatever... I was going to bring that up too. Yeah, that's a, that's a great I mean, tool thing. Th- those are amazing. And I, I think it really makes the game more fun. Mm-hmm. I would agree with all that I think and I think you got some exciting players too you got of course Cardiel Jones I think has been one of the top players uh, DC two defenders and baby two, two and and let's go um Houston has also played really well they've been they've been a fun team to watch um so I mean you've got some you've got some really talented guys out there and and the rules work and and what makes this different than it was um in 2001 when they tried this the first time is that it's not this WWE on the field sort of crap, <laughs> crap that they had in 2001. Vince McMahon was everywhere. He was on. He was Mr. Camera. You know, he the camera followed him everywhere. You you don't see that. This is like a traditional football league. Yeah. They just have some quirky rules, which on the surface seem quirky, but they're actually really they're actually really solid rules. 
and really solid sort of things that make him unique. And I'm not sure if the XFL is going to last for... Depends on funding. That's the key thing, funding. Yeah. Vince McMahon, you know he has deep pockets with the WWE. As long as they keep putting butts in the seats, which every game has seemed pretty well attended. DC. I'm surprised on how... Um, well, well, attended that game once. Well, when your NFL team's bad, you gotta you gotta cheer for somebody. They were throwing beer when they won the first game. It was crazy. I know. I saw that. I couldn't believe it. The one game that wasn't very well attended, which is makes sense because it's in an actual NFL stadium, was the um, well the the Seattle game was pretty well um, attended, but the New York Guardians is that their name? Yeah, the Guardians. Yes. Yeah, their game wasn't very well attended. Um, but other than that, I, I was pretty impressed with how the um, attendance was. And people seem to be watching. So um, they seem to have all their stuff together at, th- at this point in time, in my opinion. But we'll see. It Like you said, it all depends on funding. And it all it, it, it all depends on if Vince McMahon's prepared. Because he seems like he's been prepared for most of this stuff. Yeah, it but. took two years before this league actually started. Yeah. The, restarted. The, and, uh, and we talked about this. The AAF was very rushed. It was later this year. It's coming out. They had to scramble to get everything together, and that's why I think it folded. Ultimately, they didn't. Mm-hmm. They didn't have time to put together the financial stuff you need, the marketing stuff you need. You, you need so much stuff for anything like this to work. Any business, absolutely. So the the XFL seems to have the attention of a lot of people, which is great, and and a lot of a lot of fun football too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I still haven't seen a double forward pass. Um, the double forward pass behind the line of scrimmage. I I have not either. No. Uh, I think that's Sort of just, a strange rule. Yeah, that's it, probably the it is, but I feel like it, it will bring you that element of surprise when mm-hmm. you're not expecting it. So I haven't seen that, but other than that, I mean... And I'm sure teams have plays in their playbook where they do that. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. And you can also hear the play call on the sidelines, which is really cool. I like I like that too. Yeah, Jim Zorn, week one against the DC Defenders, um, it was hilarious that he was like, I had no clue they were gonna mic us up to um <laughs> They didn't they didn't tell him? Yeah, l- wow. listen to the Oh, they're also they're also in the locker room. Like uh, yeah. the, the the coach is talking. The, no, I'm not a, a I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of that. I'm not a I'm not a big fan of that. Like when the coach is talking to the players, I think like privately, I think I think that's a time when you just step away and let, let the coach have his moment. There's but a lot of access. There's like unlimited you, access. Yeah, you're interviewing players right after they, they missed a kick. The one guy, um, it might have been the DC defenders kicker missed like a 35 yarder. No way. And they and, and they went over and interviewed him right afterwards. I was like, oh my god, that's terrible. Don't even don't even let the man like grieve for a second that he missed that kick. Yeah, and the quarterbacks warming up before they actually go out onto the field, they're throwing, and the reporters are right there interviewing. Yeah, there's unlimited access yeah. that you cannot get in the NFL. It's cool, but it's also kind of intrusive. So I'm and I'm not the, sure how I feel. And about the it. replay reviews too. Just I like the really AAF. like that. I really just, like that. It's just like the AAF when mm-hmm. they had replay reviews. The same concept. They use an Xbox controller too. What? They use an Xbox controller. The guy in the the replay booth had an Xbox controller. You didn't see that? No, I did not. It was a funny meme. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I, I like that too. I like I like the transparency with um with replay because that is such a cloudy situation in the NFL. You don't know number one who is telling the ref to make the call or or a lot of times the ref just decides, you know. Yeah. I don't and know. And you hear it's, it in the headset. It's a mess. It's yeah. The replay official telling the referee, what to call on the field, and then, and then the refs like tries to repeat it, get get it right, and then and then okay. announce it. I, I I like that. I I really do like that. I, I wish the NFL would go to that system. And plus, the red hat, the yeah. red hat on the field with a fanny pack full of footballs. Mm-hmm. He is the sole spotter to make the game run faster. Spot the football, get out. That's all you have to do. The the red hat. That's all he has to do. That's I'd, another I, great rule. I was not I was not aware of that, but that is that's very cool. Yeah, Thanks to, for sharing um, that. Increase the pace of play, not slow things down. That's so. that I think has been the biggest thing that the XFL has tried to do. Um, Only with, ten minute half with with too. a running clock, unless there's what two minutes left in the half. Even even if you go out of bounds or there's an incomplete pass, I really like that. I think the NFL drags on. Some games drag on and on and on yeah. and on because of the stops, the delays, the TV timeouts. It just gets ridiculous. And the XFL still has a lot of that stuff, but they, they don't have nearly the amount of delays 
Absolutely. Um, that that the NFL does. It just flows better. It's more smooth, and I and I like that too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, indeed. Um, so that was the XFL. Um, one more mini segment. More drama is upon us. Miles Garrett has been reinstated into the NFL. I, I mean, we talked about this before when this actually happened. Yeah, and he should not be reinstated. He hit Mason Rudolph with his helmet. And now, here's another kink in the story. And now he's again saying that he was called a racial slur. It, which Mason Rudolph is denying 100%. Mike Tomlin denied it 100%. Yeah, but he had a, had a little segment this week where he was pissed off and angry about it, which, which rightfully so. Um, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Um he, yeah, I, I just really think that it's just ridiculous. And for the severity of the situation, I feel like he should be suspended through the 2020 season for at least three, four games. Yeah, I, I, I think that was the appropriate punishment. And the I NFL, could the, not the believe... The NFL swung and missed on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But... um. I don't want to go into a lot of detail on that, but th- yeah. that's what happened. Um, it's a mess. It's it is a mess what of a it situation. is. And it's a typical Browns situation. It can only happen to the Browns. <laughs> with the Browns. Well, player. I mean, the Browns are getting back Miles Garrett, but I don't agree with it. No, I don't. I don't either. I They're going to go six and ten again, anyways. So watch and see. Yep. So that's about all the slate for the NFL and XFL. Uh, coming up next, a special guest to bring us some baseball talk going into the start of spring training. You're listening to the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. All right, we're back. Um, spring training is upon us in the baseball world. And here to talk a little bit about um, the Nationals and some other teams around the MLB um, World Series champion broadcaster for the Washington Nationals, Bob Carpenter. Bob, it must be great to have the title World Series champion broadcaster. It's great. To, it's great to hear from you, sir. How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, it's it's probably a term that I don't attribute to myself because uh, you know when you're in local TV as a broadcaster, you don't even broadcast the playoff games. Uh, our radio guys got the honor of doing all of that, and uh, they did a great job. So, yeah, the whole World Series champion thing, uh, you know, it's a team thing. It's an organization thing. We had a nice parade here in West Palm Beach last night. A couple of thousand people gathered down on the waterfront to meet the team, to greet them, to hear from Davey Martinez, to hear from Mike Rizzo, Trey Turner, uh, a native from about 20 minutes away from here, uh, spoke on behalf of the players. And that was very cool. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a neat thing. Uh, it, it was a wonderful run in October. And now for the guys starting tomorrow with their first exhibition game down here, it's time to get to work. Yeah, uh, it is old news, but from the 1931 to going on to win the World Series, what an incredible season it was for the Washington Nationals. Bob, if you wouldn't mind taking us through, in your mind, uh, like as a broadcaster following the team and just watching them grow and develop and they ended up winning the world series. Tell us what your thoughts were like following the team for that. Well, the start of the season was rough and it's not like the team was terrible at 19 and 31. We had injuries. Uh, Trey Turner was out. He got hit on the hand by a pitch. Anthony Rendon missed some time. The bullpen was imploding on a pretty regular basis. Sean Doolittle was the only one really getting the job done down there in the bullpen. So, yeah, that was a rough ride. And then we got healthy. Uh, the great rotation of Scherzer, Strasburg, uh, Anibal Sanchez, Patrick Corbin, uh, those guys carried us the rest of the season. The bullpen got some of his issue, issues straightened out, especially with the addition of um, – Daniel Hudson, right-hander uh, at the trading deadline, who 
incidentally also recorded the last outs of the World Series. And Sean Doolittle continued to do his thing after he got some rest and had to be shut down for a while. So it's not like this was a terrible team that suddenly turned things around. It was a team that had injuries. It was a team that had bullpen issues. Once everybody got healthy, the Nationals became the team that all of us thought they had a chance to be, and it was a magical rest of the season. I mean, they ended up with 93 wins. Nobody even gave them a chance to win 85 or 90 after 50 games when they only had 19 wins on the left side of the the ledger. So it was a remarkable turnaround, but there are some real obvious reasons. You know, I I don't know if there's anything magical about it, although I think back in 1914, the Boston Braves made a comeback from a worse record to win the the American League or the National League pennant in the World Series, and they they referred to them for many years as the Miracle Braves. So I don't know if the Nats are in the Miracle category, but uh, they made a miraculous comeback. They won the whole thing. Uh, tight tight wild card game with Milwaukee. Tight series that went five games with the Dodgers. They completely dominated the Cardinals in a four game sweep in the sweep in the LCS. And then, of course, a very tense and close seven-game series with the Astros. So a remarkable run and a testament to Davey Martinez, how he kept positive through the whole thing and how he kept his players focused on going 1-0 every day. That was his mantra. They did it for the most part and became world champions. Absolutely. A whole bunch of great calls from you throughout the season, um, especially um, that one where they were down and I believe Gerardo Parra hit the walk off home run. That was one I will never forget. But going into the spring training, um, is it awkward at all, Bob, that the Nats and the Astros share a complex together? Well, it may be awkward on the Astros part because of everything they're going through right now. I don't think it's awkward at all for the Nationals. You know, there's nothing uh, – it, it's interesting the way they have these complexes set up. Unless we're playing them, which we are tomorrow, uh, by the way, we don't, we don't see any of those guys. It's like two different organizations in two different sections of the same complex. Uh, the offices are not shared. None of the fields are shared except the stadium when they're playing each other. So, yeah, I don't think it's awkward at all for the Nationals. They're doing their thing. They're getting ready for another season, hoping to repeat. And, uh, you know, what what's happened to the Astros, that's their problem. And nothing at all over there is affecting what the Nationals are doing. Yeah, absolutely. You just got to stick to what you're doing and don't worry about any outside influences, in my opinion. So the the Astros, they've been really getting hit hard with this cheating scandal. Uh, what, what are your thoughts about all this that has taken place over the past couple of weeks and weeks and months? And plus, Dusty Baker is the new manager over there. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the ironic part of it is that our old skipper, uh, Dusty's over there now trying to straighten things away. So we'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, it, it's uh, the Astros got caught cheating. There, I mean, there's no simpler way to put it. To me, this is right up there. This is in the top three, um, you know, controversial things that have happened in baseball history with the 1919 Chicago White Sox becoming known as the Black Sox for throwing the World Series the steroid era of the late 90s, uh, and and now this. I mean, uh, those are the three things that appear to be the worst three things that's ever happened uh, from a uh, cheating standpoint. You know, I guess you could throw Pete Rose in there somewhere, but he's one guy. He's not an entire ball club uh, or an entire group of players doing things. But, uh, yeah, this is one of the worst scandals in the history of Major League Baseball. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and talk about the Astros for five minutes and – you know, give my opinion on what what should be done to them because, as I said earlier, that's their problem. They caught cheat. They got caught cheating. The commissioner has doled out some punishment. Whether there's any more to come out remains to be seen. But uh, you know, they're going to have to deal with that throughout the season, and they're going to play in some real hostile environments. Uh, from what I hear, especially in Oakland during the season, because evidently the A's, from what I've heard, have been beating the drum for several years about funky things going on in Houston and with the Astros. So that's going to be something to really keep an eye on this year. 
Absolutely. So, uh, Bob, um, or I assume you're down in Florida now. Can you tell us a little bit about the atmosphere with the team and the attitude going into this spring training after um, winning the World Series? Well, it's a wonderful atmosphere. I've, I've already been by the complex. You know, we had the parade and we had the thing downtown last night. Uh, we've got some new faces in camp. Wellington Castillo is trying to win a job as a catcher. Uh, Starlin Castro comes over, probably going to get a lot of playing time over at third base after hitting 22 homers and 86 uh, RBIs with the Marlins last year. He'll be a nice addition as we try to replace the production of Anthony Rendon, which will obviously not be easy to do. Howie Kendrick is healthy as Jubal Cabrera is back. Uh, obviously, Rendon's gone, and we got two of the most dynamic young players in baseball in Victor Robles and Juan Soto. And, uh, you know, another guy that's that's signed with the Nationals, who I'm really excited to see, is Eric Thames, who hit 25 homers and drove in 61 with the Brewers last year. Nationals signed him as a free agent uh, about a month and a half ago. And, uh, you know, he's a big bat. He's a power guy. Uh, he'll play a lot of first base. He can play in the outfield if he needs to. Uh, when we play interleague games, he could DH if Ryan Zimmerman's not doing that. Uh, we have a great young shortstop in Trey Turner. We have the greatest, uh, in my opinion, top three pitchers in any rotation in baseball in Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, and uh, Patrick Corbin. And then we have a really good bullpen anchored by Daniel Hudson and anchored by Sean Doolittle, some additions made during the offseason. I think this is a team, uh, and who's to say they have a chance to repeat as World Series champions because so many things have to go your way and a few things have to fall into place here and there for that to happen. But this is a team that will contend for a division championship and a spot in postseason, and then you take it from there. I know Anthony Rendon's a huge loss, but we brought in a couple of big bats in Starlin Castro and Eric Thames, and I think the Nats are going to score a ton of runs this year and be in the upper echelon of the National League in offense, and that's a good thing to go along with our great pitching staff. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I was just about to say that Anthony Rendon over to the Angels now, but with those big bats, I, I mean, but the only thing for me is who's going to replace him defensively? Do, uh, have they sorted that out yet from your end or do you know anything? Well, it's it's a good question. And, uh, you know, I I think whether he, I don't think Starlin Castro is going to play uh, third base as well as Anthony Rendon. He made four errors in 45 games at third base for the uh, Marlins last year. He made nine errors at second base in 117 games. He's played more second base in his career than he has third. I think he will be what you would call an adequate third baseman. As Jubal Cabrera can play over there, he's an ex-shortstop with a very good glove and a good arm. So I think we'll be covered over there just fine. Are those guys going to be as good defensively as Anthony Rendon? No, because the only third stop in the National League or only third baseman in the National League as good as or better than Anthony Rendon is Nolan Arenado, who's won multiple gold gloves with the Rockies. So I think we'll be fine at third base with the bat and with the glove. Absolutely. So uh, before we let you go, Bob, um, your thoughts on the MLB season as a whole for the NL and the AL, do you see any new teams emerging or whatnot, or do you think it's going to be pretty much the same? Well, I think the Yankees are loaded uh, in the, in the AL East, the Red Sox aren't what they were, especially now that Mookie Betts has left and gone to the Dodgers, which probably makes the Dodgers on paper, the best team in the national league, but that doesn't always translate into success. Uh, in the, in the AL central, <clears throat> I think the team, uh, that might rise up that hasn't been a traditional power will be the White Sox. They've added a ton of talent to that team. And I'd look for big things to Chicago. I think they're, they in Minnesota, going to have a great battle you know in the AL Central and then of course out west it's probably still the Astros on paper the best team the Angels should be improved with Rendon you know Mike Trout and Albert Pujols in the same lineup they never seem to be able to have the pitching to get through in the National League I, I like the Nationals in the East to hold off the Braves the Mets are improved no doubt about it 
Uh, the Phillies, I don't think they did a whole lot to improve their team during the offseason, so they've still got some issues to deal with there. And uh, so I think the Nats would be the best team in the uh, East. I really like the Reds in the Central with the additions they've made offensively and on the mound. And in the West, uh, unless Arizona can mount some kind of big-time charge, and they're better. The Diamondbacks are a playoff-caliber team. But there's no doubt the Dodgers are the best team out there now, and we'll see how that all shakes out. But, uh, you know, uh, I think Arizona and the White Sox might be the two teams that rise this year and get into the playoffs that maybe we haven't heard from in quite some time. Absolutely. Great insight from Bob Carpenter. You can find him on Twitter at scorebook underscore Bob, hence the name of your famous scorebook that you created. But Bob, um, thank you so much for your time, sir. Um, And I wish you the best of luck on your 2020 campaign. All right, Josh. Thanks for having me on, buddy. It was a pleasure to be with you. Yes, sir. The Josh Kirby on Sports podcast continues right after this. The Josh Kirby on Sports podcast, part of the Mayo Please podcast network, is sponsored by Route 11 Chips. Make sure you grab a bag today inside your local Martins, Food Lion, and Giant stores. And our new sponsor and fellow sports fans at PM Plus Reserves, providing reserve studies for homeowner and condominium associations in the Washington metropolitan area for the past 30 years. Make sure you check us out on all streaming platforms via the Mayo Please and the Josh Kirby on Sports podcast. You can also find the Josh Kirby on Sports podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, along with the Mayo Please on Twitter. Have any questions for the show? Feel free to shoot us an email at kirbyonsports at gmail.com. All righty, we are back on the Josh Kirby on Sports podcast. That was my interview with Bob Carpenter. Um, I want to thank Bob once again for coming on earlier today. Um, but it, it just goes to show you um, anything can happen in the league. It's just crazy, Dan, to think that the Nationals and the Astros share a complex together. It's um, strange. And with the Astros cheating scandal, I know we talked about it a little bit, but uh, Dusty Baker being the new skipper in Houston, um, he wants the MLB to step in and actually – take action to make sure none of his players get beamed. And they're they're going to no matter what team they're going to play. <laughs> but especially I think Oakland. They're trying to set up a fine or some something of that of that sort where they can like uh you know um say you can't do that. <laughs> you know and, and basically just fine them and make sure that that doesn't happen over and over again. But it's going to happen against every team this year. I'd be willing to bet. Hey. And there's probably going to be some Excuse me, some injuries based hey, on that. Hey, so. the end result, the Nationals are World Series champions. I can't wait for the start of this season. Final thoughts here on the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Um, my final thought comes from the Daytona 500. What a finish that was. Denny Hamlin, for the second straight year, wins the Daytona 500 with Joe Gibbs Racing. As you know, the year before, Denny Hamlin won under very hard circumstances as Joe Gibbs' son, J.D., um, died of a rare condition. And Joe Gibbs Racing went 1-2-3 in the Daytona 500 with a Joe Gibbs car winning the NASCAR Cup. Um, this year, Denny Hamlin t- um, manages to repeat after a very wild finish um, in the race, um, which ended in a very terrible crash um, with Ryan Newman um, ending up on his the roof of his car. Uh, he got transported to the hospital, but luckily he made it out of the ER Um uh, he was treated for serious non-life-threatening conditions, and um, we're just happy he's all right. What a great race that was, but that was my final thoughts from the Daytona 500. Dan, do you have any final thoughts? The play of the young Zion Williamson this season. Only 10 games so far, um, but his his debut was highly anticipated and everyone was hoping he was going to play really well um he's done a fantastic job so far um 
and he's averaging 22 points per game, seven and a half rebounds. He's going to be a star in the NBA. I think he's the future of the NBA. He's only 19 years old. Um, so that's my final thought, just how he's played, how he's so far lived up to expectations, and hopefully he can continue to There is a long develop. road ahead, though. Yes. There is a long road ahead. I but, wouldn't make assumptions this early, but he has played really well. He has great potential, there's no doubt, and we've seen that so far. So fingers crossed, because I'm a Pelicans fan, that he continues to— You're a Pelicans fan? Yeah, I've been a, I've been a Pelicans fan since— how? I've been on new. I've been a New Orleans, I should say, fan for a long time since like t- 2004, 2005. Uh, well, well, wait a second here, folks. Ravens, Orioles, Pelicans. There's no basketball team in Baltimore. The Baltimore Bullets that went down to Washington. I'm not going to root for the, the Wizards. Well, okay, they're 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 a favorite because they're a local team. Well, you were just asking me earlier today to go to a Wizards game. I do. I do want to go to a Wizards game. Okay. N- New Orleans is too far away. <laughs> but yes, well, I've at been least a, you're not a diehard fan. Not no. like <laughs> I told you, I don't pay that much attention Wizards. to the NBA anyway. So yeah. this but, season. It, you, you know, Dan's just confusing. We just have to get his mind right, get him into some counseling. Because no. the Wizards are the right team to the go The Wizards with. are horrible. I still stick with my team, win or lose. I've uh, You've seen that with the Redskins. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> All right, so that wraps up our final thoughts. As always, we thank you so much for tuning in to the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast Dan, thank you for hosting this wonderful uh, podcast. It, it was great being down here with you. Thanks for coming down, Josh. I hope to have you down again. and um, More podcasts. I love doing an on-site podcast. It makes it a lot better than having me hear me call on the phone here in, in, the, in the background. Still so. try and work those out. But as always, want to thank Bob Carpenter for coming on as well. Really appreciate you, sir. And best of luck in your 2020 campaign. As always, we're part of the Mayo Please Podcast Network. You can find them on all streaming platforms along with Twitter and Instagram. We're sponsored by Route 11 Chips. Make sure you find a bag today inside your local Martins, Food Lion, and Giant stores. We're also sponsored by PM Plus Reserves. As always, want to give a big thanks to MPT Now Productions, JR Beats Official, and Dave Johnson. You can catch us on all streaming platforms and all social media platforms for the upload of this podcast. Till next time, for Dan Dembski, I'm Josh Kirby saying so long and peace out.